0: Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman.
1: And I'm Grace Atwood.
0: Ah, oh, Grace, I'm excited to be here today. I feel, um, I was excited all day when I saw Are you not this. usually excited? No, but I'm especially excited today <laughs> because I saw that we had this on my calendar. It's five o'clock. Yeah. And so all day I've been like, oh, that'll be a nice end to the day. I'm socially deprived. I haven't left my house in two days because of the
1: snow. oh my gosh me too I um I had a like a zoom lunch today and I was like, I haven't left the house in a few days like yeah and people are like you really should go out I'm like, do you understand like that there's like three feet of snow like our um super came in and shoveled me out but I was kind of stuck inside.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to go on a big adventure after this to the bodega on the corner to go buy a case of seltzer. It's oh. a big day for me.
1: Wow, you are living your best life. I
0: am. <laughs> Before we get into this episode, though, this episode is brought to you by Knight, the makers of our all-time favorite pillow and the face mask we can't stop raving about. But today, we're going to tell you about the dual-sided skincare pillowcase, and we have an exclusive offer for Bad on Paper listeners. Head to discovernight.com and you can buy one skincare pillowcase and get one free with the code BOP.
1: So let's talk about highs and lows. Also, we have the most amazing guest today.
0: Yes, I'm so excited.
1: Yeah. What's your high? My high? I have a few. So the first one was that I did a little staycation. Nordstrom invited me to the, the Equinox Hotel.
0: You were telling me about this. I did not know that Equinox, like the gym...
1: Has a hotel? Okay, I didn't either because I got it and I was like, "What is the Equinox Hotel?" And then I pull up the website and it was like the most beautiful. Like it's like a five star hotel. It's in Hudson Yards, like right by like that whole mall and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they partnered up with Nordstrom to do like an activewear thing where they're inviting influencers in and um, like I had to post a bunch of stuff and wear the Zella activewear stuff. And I got this really cute cardigan and some good leggings. And I got to work out in a gym.
0: What kind of workout did you do?
1: I worked out with a trainer. So we lifted Ooh. weights. Becca, can I just tell you, my trainer was so hot. And Ooh. I realized working out in a gym, like, how starved I am for men. Because I was just, like, I'm not, like, into muscles generally. But, like, I was staring down, like, every man working out. I was like, wow, someone is starved for male, male, <laughs> male attention and also, like, just touch.
0: Did you find him on Instagram? Can you show him to me after?
1: No, I didn't find him on Instagram. But we had a great workout. I stared at all of the men working out, mm-hmm, probably mm-hmm. like a creep. And um, I was sore for three days after. Oh, so the Melissa did not. Melissa and the one pound weights we use, the ball bangles, did not prepare me for working out with heavy weights. Okay. I haven't done that. I used to work out with a trainer. Like, back when I lived in my shitty studio, remember my yeah. old my old studio? My rent was, like, so well, low. Well, I also
0: remember your old trainer.
1: Yeah, Alex. Lily, I miss her. But my old studio was like pretty inexpensive. So I could afford doing a trainer a couple times a week. But then when I moved to this apartment, my rent went up a lot and I had to stop working out with the trainer. Those were the days. So fit. So anyways, the staycation was so nice. And it was funny because you're going to laugh at this. When We like had our call to talk about. They're like, oh, actually, there's no room service. And so what is a vacation without room service? I was like, I sound so spoiled, but I was like, do I want to do this if there's no room service? Because otherwise it's just like I have a nice bed and a nice apartment. I can just stay home. And we got there and they're like, room service just opened up. Oh my God, what a dream. What did you get? I got, um, what did I get? We got chicken fingers and french fries. Oh, thank God. Sure. I was
0: worried that it was going to be only healthy food because it was Equinox. Because room service <laughs> chicken fingers
1: is the move. It's the move. But we also got these like bowls, like healthy bowls. Like, oh, okay. I got a chicken teriyaki bowl and Alex got a jerk shrimp bowl. Yeah. It was so good. And then we got... Like, they didn't have a bartender making cocktails because of safety reasons and stuff, but we each got vodka, and um we poured it we poured soda from the mini bar, you know, for the vodka. <laughs> like, you can order a vodka. Okay. <laughs> so we each got one, one vodka. And then I brought my favorite bottle of wine from Domaine Serene, and it was great. I'm so glad. Yeah, it was such a treat. I just felt, like, so recharged after that. Like, sometimes I'm like, what's the point of a staycation? Like, I have a nice apartment. I like my big my big bed, and I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this, but I'm glad I did. I'm so glad. That sounds awesome. My other high was um, on, so today is, what day is today? Today is Wednesday, and we're recording, and last night, I interviewed Cameron Eubanks from Southern Charm.
0: I don't watch Southern Charm, so okay. I don't really... I so this I means understand that that's
1: a big deal. No, so she wrote a book, and um, her publisher reached out and asked, because they knew I'm a fan of the show and knew that, um, you know, I have, I guess, experience with interviewing people, so I was very excited to do it. It wasn't like a paid project or anything, but how often do you get to like sit down and zoom with like someone that you think is really cool? Yeah. So I interviewed her. We had such a good time talking that afterwards she followed me back and um we exchanged phone numbers and I think we're going to be friends. First new friend. I know, first new friend. So, she was just a delight. Um I please Anyone who's listening, do not take this as Grace is going to be on Southern Charm. I have no interest in ever being on a reality TV show ever since announcing that I'm moving there. Like, and I know people are well intentioned, but I, um, (laughs) every Q&A people are like, are you going to be on Southern Charm? And I am like, absolutely not. Like I am actually like a decently private person. Like I know I share my life, but it's kind of like we talk about and it's in a very controlled setting. And there's nobody editing me and, like, producing me at their own whims. Like, I think I would come across so poorly on reality TV.
0: Well, also, I don't know. Like, what's the upside for you?
1: There's none. Well, maybe more followers. More
0: more followers, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. And I do think we had vanita Aspen on in a previous episode she's one of my dear friends in charleston but um she has been fantastic on this show i text her like every episode i'm like you come across so well she's just like so poised and cool like she never comes across as dramatic or bad or like she just she's she's killing it but reality tv is not for me because i would not kill it (laughs) um so that's a lot of highs what about you
0: I don't really have a high, not that I'm in a bad mood or not that things are like bad. I just, I don't know, like I've just had my nose to the grindstone and I've been getting work done, but I don't have any, nothing stands out as like this happened or I don't know. The one thing I will say, it's not a high per se, but um, I am very proud of, I said that one of my silly New Year's resolutions was to get back into a skincare routine. I'm so proud, I feel like a parent. I'm proud to tell you that. I've done skincare five days in a row. Yesterday, I actually did three different steps.
1: Yeah, she texted me, and I was like, that's more than I've done today. Go, Becca, go.
0: Yeah, like, I'm on the train. I'm so proud. Ready to be a glowing goddess.
1: You already are a glowing goddess, but it's good to do skincare. Thank you. What about lows?
0: Oh, I definitely have a low. So (laughs) um, I've definitely been alluding to it that Rom-Com Pods Season 3 has been a struggle we've been trying to write it since November and it just has been slow going and we haven't been very happy with what we are writing and it just has felt more difficult to birth this season to make a very weird metaphor than the previous two. So finally on Sunday, yeah I think Sunday, we sat down and we basically performed surgery and ripped it apart and reoutlined the whole thing and changed oh a God. bunch of things. Okay. And now are like rewriting it. Not from scratch, because we're we're using some of the stuff, but we're rewriting it and I mean maybe it's a high because I hope it's in a better place. It's gonna be better now and like smoother sailing, but
1: Ugh Ugh.
0: It's been it's also just It sucks to undo your own work. Yeah. You know, even if it's not good work, you're like,
1: oh, I already did this. Yes. I hear that. So that is a bummer. Oh, I'm sorry. But it's just going to get, you're going to get better and better and you're building writing skills up and it's going to get easier. You guys didn't have any, it just blows my mind. You had, you guys had no experience doing this and you've basically become writers and producers on your own teaching yourselves how to do it
0: yeah no that is really cool but I think there's also something to the fact that when you're a beginner you aren't as judgmental of your own work because you don't
1: know what you're doing Uh, yeah and then season three you're I mean it's like even with our podcast go back and listen to the first episode I never have oh my god I have and I was so proud of our first episode I was like we did such a good job it's amazing and I go back it I went back and listened to it like probably six or eight months ago. And I was like, this is terrible. Like, can we delete this? <laughs> can, can we re-upload something and pretend it's our first episode? Oh, man. But yeah, you don't know. You don't know. How bad it is.
0: Not to say that anything was bad, but you're not as critical of your own work because you don't. Yeah. And
1: your first season not was not bad at all.
0: No, it, it, not Not to say that. It's our, it's our beautiful first child. Yeah. But.
1: Um, Do you think that's how my parents feel about me that I was. The first that one
0: that you're kind of shitty, or the and shitty, was kind
1: of shitty and then like the second and third were much better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it works that way for children, but
1: I hope not. My my mom listens. She can she can text me and and tell me that I'm her favorite and her golden child who's moving down to be close to her. <laughs> well, what about you? What's your low? Oh, my low is the snow because, and I will say, I feel like last week I was like really in a funk with like seasonal depression and just like feeling awful yeah you're very chipper today you're like very (laughs) i'm also starved for attention because we've been locked inside oh i know but i'll tell you the um the vitamin d supplement i've been taking it's from nordic naturals i it was recommended in the stripe facebook group because there was a whole thread about seasonal depression over there and um it's made a difference wow that's great yeah i've noticed it within like a like within like a few days of taking it every day I've noticed a difference because we have been locked inside which is my low
0: yeah I take a vitamin d supplement but I'm pretty irregular about it because most people are vitamin d deficient yeah
1: yeah I've read that I don't know if I am but I'm assuming I probably am um so I figure it can't hurt her I haven't started using the the light yet because it's just intimidating it's like sitting in the box and I'm like I need to like when I'm less stressed like sit and just like figure it out so my low is that we haven't been outside in a few days yeah um and then also I'm just a little over my head with work and I have like several long projects where I need like a five or six hour block of time to do them and I had one that I got checked off today but um it's hard when there's interruptions and there's just life there's always going to be interruptions but I have a very choppy week like Mm -hmm. I have I hate that I one interesting thing about my job is that when it snows any shoots or things like that get postponed so um tomorrow morning and I don't like shooting in the morning tomorrow morning I have like a two-hour shoot booked because we're behind and um I mean it's fine but I just feel like I really need like two full days to sit and get these projects done and it's hard when you have to stop and go and stop and go because then my like creative juices stop flowing and I have to like it just takes so much longer than it would otherwise. No, I hear you. Yeah.
0: I hear you. I like to have at least two hours if I'm gonna do anything creative. Just having yeah. having an end time hanging over my head makes me not nervous. Nervous isn't the right word, but like I'm just I'm look I'm watching the clock instead of being in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I just and a lot of times I'll have like like for example, the thing I worked on today was for Sephora and there was a blog post I had to write Instagram stories I needed to film and then um, a grid post and caption that I need to do, which doesn't sound like a lot of work, but it's very technical, like talking about all of these different skincare products and their ingredients and making sure I don't trip up. So, you know, I was filming stories. I think I had to re-record them like six times because I messed up the verbiage of what I was trying to say and it wasn't consistent with what I was saying in the blog post and then... Like just as I finished recording the stories, I had to hop on a phone call and then like I had to go add the text overlay and then something else came up and I would have been able to go straight into writing the blog post. It's better like to be able to do it all at once because then it's very consistent. This is so boring probably. But anyways, I just need like some uninterrupted time. I hear you. Yeah.
0: And it stinks because... You know, you look at, when I look at my calendar, sometimes it's like, oh, the weekend. And it's like, but I don't want to do work on the weekend. I know. I'm
1: really trying to have better boundaries. I know. I feel you. Yeah. And this weekend, I have plans on Saturday and Sunday. So I, I can't. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll hear about how it all works out next week. But in the meantime, yes. shall we get into our episode? Yes. Let's do it.
1: Caroline Owusu-Ansa is the founder and smooth operating officer at Love Scrub, which is a company that focuses on smooth skin by the way of exfoliation. The love scrub is a magical exfoliating cloth used in the shower bath in place of a loofah or a washcloth born to Ghanaian parents. She graduated from UMass Amherst with a degree in apparel marketing and went into a career of branding and retail merchandising. Caroline has a true passion for building brands presentation and the overall customer experience. She wants everyone to experience the love and throw away their loofahs. Her Efforts were recently were rewarded by the Holy Grail in beauty. She won Allure's Best of Beauty Award for 2020. As a sidebar, I think you guys know this. I've talked about this product multiple times here on the podcast and on my blog. I am obsessed with my Love Scrub. Mm. I reviewed it earlier this summer, and it was one of my best-selling products of 2020. And I still get DMs about it all the time from readers who have said that this product has changed their skin.
2: Welcome, Caroline. We're so excited to talk to you. Okay, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, and thanks for all of the love. We
1: love you and your product, the Love Scrub. I've had the same one since the summer, I guess, <laughs> June, June or July, whenever I bought it from you, and literally hear, like, every day from somebody who's bought one and, like, absolutely loves it. It just leaves your skin, like, silk. Yeah, I'm so happy to hear that. Grace, did you bring yours to Charleston with you? Um, I did. But it's back in my bathroom right now. So it's even become um, a travel
0: essential. Not that we're doing oh yeah. much travel right now.
1: Yeah, I'm not traveling. I did live to live in Charleston for six weeks, and I brought all my favorite beauty products. Like I just can't be without my skincare and my body care. Like it's important.
2: Yeah, when I notice when people um, travel without it, um, they freak out because when they come back home, the first thing they want to do is just scrub their body with it um, because loofahs and washcloths do not cut it.
0: So, Caroline, we introduced you, but we would love to hear a little bit more about your career journey in your own words.
2: Yeah, so I am um, first generation Ghanaian, um, born and raised in Worcester, Massachusetts, um, which is about 40 minutes outside of Boston. And I've always had a love for fashion and beauty, and it was very um, you know, telling for me to go to UMass Amherst to study um, apparel marketing. So um, apparel marketing um, got me prepared for the business side of fashion. So I could have done anything from being a buyer, a planner, um, product management, Um, And I ended up going into a career of retail merchandising. And uh, the reason why I went into retail merchandising first is because I didn't know what I wanted to do when I got out of college. Um, I knew that one day I wanted to move to New York City and work for a fashion brand in a corporate um, position. But I just wasn't ready yet. Uh, So I did take a job with actually Express and... um, as a you know brand manager, and I absolutely loved it, so my job was to be in charge of the um the store and the look and feel and making sure that um it was laid out the way that corporate wanted it to be laid out. Um, I absolutely loved my job; it was pretty much the perfect job for me because I loved shopping I loved going to the mall I was at the mall all the time, um spending a lot of money, and it was just perfect so um, so I was in one store and then I ended up uh, overseeing several stores in the district. Um, and I came to the conclusion that I wanted to pursue it as a career um, and either be like a director or a VP of um, visual merchandising. So um, I continued to do that. And then I um, ended up moving to New York and still pursuing that. I was in working in um, a territory that... Um, my next job i ended up managing the east coast then i was managing the u.s the u.s and canada and i got to a point where i was like uh i don't think i want to do this anymore Um, (laughs) i was really tired of traveling i was really tired of sleeping in hotels tired of eating fancy meals all the time like i craved peanut butter and jelly sandwiches um i was tired of not having a life i literally was just always on the road i remember when my friends used to ask me to do things i'd have to pull out my calendar and be like, well, I'm available. And it would be like three weeks from the date. I'm like, this is crazy. Um, Another thing that was really exhausting was that the retail um, experience was changing and customers were starting to shop online opposed to going to stores. So it was very defeating because like a lot of the stores I was opening and a lot of the teams I was training, um, these stores were either going out of business uh, or, the companies were going out of business or closing, and it was just like it was just I was like, I need to do something else. So I always um wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never really knew exactly what I wanted to do, um but I knew that was definitely in my future. Um, and then, yeah, this kind of just fell up fell on my lap, to be honest.
1: <laughs> I feel like everyone glamorizes work travel, like it's like this wonderful ex- exciting thing, but it's not that great.
2: Oh, it's not not at all. It's exhausting. I gave a lot of frequent flyer miles away. Like it was crazy how much I was on a plane. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We want to hear about the origin story of the love scrub. So exfoliating cloths like these have been used in West Africa for generations. And in another interview that you did, you talked about those horrible plastic bath poofs that we all used in college. Um, I loved that. And that was when I was like, we have to interview her and talk (laughs) to her about this business. Um, What gave you the idea to take this thing that had been in your family for years and make it into a
2: business? Well, I will have to say it was not my idea. This actually literally like fell on my lap. Um, So what ended up happening was I um, went to a party in Clinton Hill. Um, I live in Brooklyn. Um, This was uh, back in 2011. And I still remember that night um, I was, uh, went with a friend and I was drinking wine Um, I don't remember how much wine I had, but, uh, I, two, um, women came up to me and they, um, told me that my skin was beautiful and I was like, thanks. And I don't know what compelled me to tell them that I was using the same washcloth since I was a baby. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but it was, I, I'm so happy that I did. One of the women was an entrepreneur and she said, you should package it and sell it. And I was like, wait a second. I've been looking at this thing my whole life. I'd never thought to do this. I'm like, "Wow, this is a great idea. So what happened was um, that night, I went back um, to my apartment, and my brother and his girlfriend at the time um, was visiting, and I just was like, "Hey, somebody gave me the idea to um you know sell this product and they're like, "Oh, that's a great idea! You should do it and um my brother's girlfriend at the time, she, um, she said, Hey, you know, give me some samples and I'll send it to my spa. She's a massage therapist and she was um, working on Newbury street in um, Boston, um, which is a very prestigious, you know, street. And I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. So I remember I was like, okay, well, I don't know how I'm going to do this because I don't have any product. I don't have anything. So I called my parents to send me, um, some product, because usually, when you go back to Ghana, you always bring extra back with you, so they actually happen to have extra and i rem- I still remember the package that I put together for them um, it had it was not branded at all. I just wrote a nice note, put it in a plastic bag, and I sent it to them, and I followed up three weeks later and They were like, oh yeah, we wanna place an order for our three locations. And I was like, you've gotta be kidding me. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. So I was freaking out of course. And I was like, wow, I have no packaging. I have no product. I have no company name. Um, No problem, I'll get you your order. I figured it out and I remember calling my friends Uh, I thought I was, I drove them crazy for like a week or two. We really needed to uh, find a name in like about a week. And we came up with the name Love Scrub. And I was like, oh, Love Scrub because I love it. That's it. So ended up delivering um, the order to the three locations. And it actually did really, really well. Um, uh, You know, actually, it's funny. I don't, nobody really knows this uh, unless you were with me back in the day. But I also used to do Love Scrub parties. They were kind of like tubware parties, but... Um, and we used to talk about like, you know, beauty secrets and like the product. And I would just like sell like, oh, I sold them like crazy. Um, also I was selling them in, um, spas too, like not a lot, but you know, a select amount. And then I stopped because I was exhausted. Um, I kind of just jumped into it. I didn't have a business plan. Um, I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know what I was doing. Um, it was working, but I was doing it all wrong and I wanted to do it right. So I um, decided to take a break from it and um, relaunch it again at a later date.
0: I want, to talk, I want to talk more about that. That's so interesting that you, uh, we read that you, you stopped in 2012 and then you came back to it in 2016. So what were you doing in the meantime and like what made you feel ready to, to do it again?
2: Yeah. So, um, what I ended up doing in, I remember it was 2012 when I stopped, um, I had to stop because, um, you know, it was really a hobby. Um, when I look back at the numbers, I'm like, this was a hobby. This was not a business. Um, you know, I, like I said, I was exhausted. I had a mortgage to pay and, you know, I really just, um, I needed just to go back to, you know, to work and like, you know, just, uh, just take a break from it. So I knew it was time to go back and do it after I, um, I think it was in 2015, I actually ended up having surgery. So I was out of work for a little bit. Um, and I remember like when I was fully healed and it was time to go back, I was like, I'm not going back to work again. I don't want to be on an airplane again. I don't want to sleep in hotels anymore. Um, and then also too, something else that happened was, um, my friend that took me to the party ended up passing away. Yeah. It was um it was awful it was um sudden too and i was like you know what i have to do this um you know she always was a believer in the you know in the product and she always pushed me to get it into the press and always motivated me and i was like you know what like i just this is the time you know why not do it now so i just um i remember it was in april 2016 i decided to reach out to a factory and um they said they would do they could do exactly what i wanted them to do um i had a lot of learnings from the first time around so i know i'm laughing i'm like yeah it was a hobby but it was a great time for me to learn about the product even though i was using it like for so long i still had a lot to learn you know um customers were giving me feedback about oh it's great for this it's great for this it's great for this and um i was just like wow taking notes taking notes and i was just like you know what um I'm going to take this information and, you know, make this product like better. So, yeah. So April 2016 is when I started the process. And then I ended up um, launching officially December 2016. So I had a lot of time to plan everything out. Um, and I went cold. I was like, I literally stopped working. I have always been a great saver. Always been a great saver. My dad's actually an accountant, and he would always make me put my money in the bank. So that was a great lesson when I was younger. And I just um, did it full time. And um, you know, there was a lot of things that I did um, the second time around that I didn't do the first time around. Um, like, so number one, I got a, oh, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm jumping ahead because I do have no, that question. Ahead. Is that okay?
1: You're telling your story. Tell it how you want to tell it. Yeah. You're, and you're, it's funny because you're literally asking, answering the questions that we were going to ask you anyway. So you just keep going.
2: Perfect. Okay. Um, so, you know, uh, when I decided to do it again, um, I did a lot of different things differently. Excuse me. Um, number one, I got a mentor. That was the number one thing that was on the list.
0: Where did you find your mentor? Um, Actually, score.org.
2: What? I've never heard of that. Score, like S-C-O-R-E? Yes, dot .org. It's okay. an amazing resource. And, and basically, they are retired executives that um, volunteer their time to help entrepreneurs. Oh, how cool. oh, it's amazing. I think they have one in every single city, I want to say. Oh, that's say. so
0: interesting. I feel like I get asked all the time, like, how how does one find a mentor? And I don't have a good answer for that question. Also, I I don't personally have a mentor. And so that's such a great resource to be like score.org.
2: Oh, honestly, like they're, I feel like they're part of my team. Um, The first mentor that I ended up getting was in um, to help me with like my business plan and the operational side um, of the business. And, you know, I still actually work with him to this day. I actually consider him a friend. And, um, you know, he's been with me by my side through everything. Okay, let's take a quick break to talk about a sponsor.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by Knight, the makers of our all-time favorite pillow, the face mask we can't stop wearing, and the eye mask that I wear to sleep every single night. So you know them, you know that we love them, but today we want to talk to you about a new to us product, which is the dual-sided skincare pillowcase.
1: Yes, so I am an eight or nine hours a night kind of girl. I mean, on the weekends, like, let's be honest, I like 10. But that means I'm spending one third of my life asleep, which means that my pillowcase is the thing my face spends the most time in contact with. That's sad. I'd like to have a romantic partner that could You're just
0: mashing faces. I'm just
1: mashing faces (laughs) with all the time. So I never really thought about it before, but your pillowcase is pretty important to your skincare routine. So this pillowcase actually has two sides that you use depending on your skin type. And also how your skin is feeling that day. So the first side
0: is made of 100% mulberry silk, and it's designed for normal or dry skin. So if you're concerned about fine lines, wrinkles, dehydrated skin, or hair breakage, or if you just want to maximize the efficacy of your night cream, this side of the pillow is for you. Because as we've talked about before, since silk is non-absorbent, it's going to help keep your moisturizer on your face where it belongs instead of it being absorbed by your pillowcase. Yes.
1: So the other side is made of 100% rayon from bamboo to wick moisture and oil and help balance normal or oily skin. So if you're concerned about breakouts or skin irritations, then this side is for you. Also, if you're a hot sleeper, it's highly sweat absorbent, which wicks excess moisture away from your skin. So it's interesting because I have dry skin, but I definitely am a hot sleeper, so I prefer this side.
0: Oh, okay. I definitely prefer the silk side because I'm I'm a dry skin gal
1: I I run so hot when I sleep which is funny because I'm always cold
0: yeah it's interesting I feel like we talk about lotions and potions so much that we put on our skin but I'd never thought about my pillowcase which touches my face all night long being important to my skincare so this is such an easy swap to make and it's cute comes in three cute colors there's white champagne and gunmetal and FAQ
1: it's machine washable so important So if you're ready to try the dual-sided skincare pillow, we have an amazing offer just for Bad on Paper listeners. So you can buy one skincare pillowcase and get one free because let's be honest, we want a matching set. So head to discovernight.com, use code BOP to buy one, get one free. Again, that's discovernight.com and use code BOP to buy one, get one free on the skincare pillowcase. We'll also link the pillowcase in the show notes to make it nice and easy to find. Back
0: to the episode. I'm, I'm just so curious with your mentors, how have you found it most helpful to set up your relationship with them in terms of like, is it very informal where you just email them when you have a question or do you have a, a quarterly meeting or a monthly meeting or some type of thing on the calendar? Like how have you found that to work
2: best? Yeah, so basically it's pretty much on me to set it up, um, especially in the beginning, like if I ever wanted to have a touch base with them, which I wanted to, I usually did a touch base like once a month um, and I would just send him an email and I would just go down to the SCORE office and sit down and um, chat with him for about an hour. And then he always gave me a list of things to, to do or think about. Um, you know, it was my responsibility to actually execute but he gave me just some simple advice and it was just up to me to take it. And I was very serious about Love Scrub and I really wanted it to succeed. So everything that he advised me on, I really took it seriously and I put it into play. Now it's like we just text each other. I'm like, hey, do you have a second? Um, But for the most part, I was always setting it up um, via email. And
1: did you find yourself going through mentors at all? Like how did you know it was like the, a fit or like the one, the, like it sounds kind of like dating a little bit.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I'm very lucky because when I, so basically, when I found him, I went onto the website and they have a whole list of mentors that are experts in different fields. So I looked at his background and I was like, okay, this guy looks like the best guy um, or best mentor for me, I should say. And I ended up meeting him and I just felt like it just felt right. That doesn't always happen. I know that um, some of my friends have looked for mentors and they've had to go through about three or four before they found the right fit. But it just felt right. And I love the fact that he was, um, he believed in me. He was interested in what, um, in my brand, interested in what I was selling. Um, He was very invested in me. And it just felt, it just felt right. So we continue, we've been working together since. I mean, it's been a while, you know, and like I said, I consider him my friend now. So I'm very, very lucky.
1: I feel like mentorship is a question that Becca and I get asked about all the time. So like, it's really thrilling to have somebody here, like as a resource on that, because neither of us have mentors. And I think it's like something that is probably just so important and so helpful.
2: Yeah, I agree. I feel like when you're an entrepreneur, you're always like you're pretty much on your own. And you, you like, even though like um it's great to be on your own, I feel like you need somebody to guide you and kinda of hold you accountable. Like you own you own everything, but it's just nice to have somebody be like, Well, Caroline, did you do this? Or oh, Caroline, what about this? Like, I need that. Like I and I like a mentor that is very, um Honest and like I don't like the, the sugar coating things. Just keep it crispy with me. Like don't tell me I'm doing great all the time. Tell me what I'm doing wrong and what I need to work on. And that's what he's really great for. Um, I mean, he's great for so many different things. But um, but yeah, I'm so lucky to have him um like on my journey with me. So um,
0: outside of mentorship, what are some of the other things that you did when you relaunched your business in 2016 that you didn't do at the outset in 2012?
2: Oh, I have a list. There's a lot. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I also took advantage of all the free classes in New York City. So, um, I, and I call it free, even though our tax dollars pay for it, but there's so many classes that are offered to entrepreneurs on everything from business management, business planning, operations, SEO. I just took them all. Even if I knew about the topic, I still took the class um, just because like I don't know I just wanted to learn as much as possible um, and I actually had time because I didn't have my product yet, so I had time to take advantage um, so that was a great thing. A lot of cities do offer free classes and I do encourage everyone to take advantage because um you know it's just it's free quote unquote free and um, it's so helpful
0: were there any um, ones that you found to be particularly helpful or any resources
2: that you can specifically recommend to like find those classes um well the new york public library had tons Mm -hmm. of classes that were super helpful um i found the ones on marketing um especially email marketing very very helpful um okay because that's like a huge part of you know selling now is um Mm -hmm. email marketing also sales even though i love selling i'm very confident actually a lot of people don't know this but my first job was at 1-800 flowers
0: oh 1 800 Flowers has like a baller marketing program. Yeah. It's like known
2: for it. This was like back, back in the day. That was my first job. So, um, you know, even though I feel really comfortable selling, I still wanted to take the selling class to learn more about that. I mean, wow, there's so many classes that are offered. Um, like I said, I very, I highly recommend that people take advantage of it. So I did do that. Um, I did it as much as I could until I couldn't do any more. Um, also, too, I created a strong business plan. Um, the first time i didn't have a business plan that's probably why i got tired because i was kind of like all over the place but this time the second time i had a really strong business plan so that was super helpful um, the second time around and i i encourage everybody um, just to have a business plan because it's a roadmap of like where you're going like you have to have a plan um you know with marketing with like numbers all that kind of stuff so that was super important Also too, I found a factory. Um, I didn't have a factory before. I found a factory that could do exactly what I wanted them to do. That was major. Um, Also, super important, a branding message. I wanted a brand that people could um, feel. So I took a lot of time to um, create a brand um, because I think that's super, super important um, for any company, no matter what you sell or if it's a service, like you have to have a brand. Um, my favorite packaging, critical, I spent so much time on creating packaging that would sing on the shelves and that people would feel proud to sell in their spas or their retail stores. So that was major for me. Um, uh, and it's still a big thing for me. Like I'm all about packaging. Um, also something that I did that I think I encourage everyone to do when you start a business is... Start your social media early. Don't start it when you're ready to sell because it looks like it's a cash grab. It's really important to start building a relationship with your customer earlier. Um, And you want to get them excited about what you're getting ready to sell them. Um, So I started my social media probably like six or seven months in advance before I launched. Um, And that was really, really important to me, major. (laughs) Sorry, I feel like everything's major. That I, I, I feel did.
0: like I'm getting like a low key business school
2: education Yay. right now. I'm I'm really passionate about this, so I'm super excited to share. Um, okay, this the next thing I did, or not the next. Well, one of the things I did too was um, I found a press mentor because I had to purchase a lot of product. I had to sell this product, and I needed to get it out there. And um, I know that I needed the press to help me get it out there. So. Um, you know, I was—I didn't have any money, you know? So I took advantage and I went to SCORE and I found a press mentor. And we actually still work together to this day. He's amazing. And um, he helped me write the perfect pitch. And I just got out there and just pitched it like crazy. Um, I started pitching probably in like like a month before I launched. So that was major. And so to this day, I have all organic press. Um, I have never like paid for press, Um, never hired a PR firm, which is insane because Love Scrub has gotten a lot of love. So that was major. Um, Also, (laughs) what I did was I got testimonials from estheticians because I wanted them to, I needed them to sign off on it and believe in the product um, just so that... uh, you know, other people would believe in it too because this is a new product um, to most people and I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, they signed off on it. And then also too, I wanted people to feel comfortable with the product. Um, as you know, you know, most people, they're set in their ways. They're not gonna, they're not getting ready to like toss their loofahs. Like who am I to tell them to toss a loofah, you know? So it was really important for me to, you know, get um, them to, you know, sign off on it as well so that's something i really focused on i sent them tons of samples and i got amazing testimonials so that was major then the last thing that i did i'm sure i did some other things but these were the major things the last thing i did was really um took time to um create product knowledge because back in ghana there's really no product knowledge around the product and one of the things that i did learn from working in um you know in the you know career that i was in was customers love information. They wanna know what to do with it, they wanna know what to not to do with it. They wanna know what else you can do with it besides what it can already do. So it was really important for me to communicate that to um, my customers and also to make sure that it was on the packaging. So those are all the things that I did differently the second time around, and it's just been a huge you know success since, So so yeah.
0: That's amazing. I I really appreciate how tactical you were because I feel like sometimes people gloss over the specifics and, you know, especially for other people who are listening, who might be thinking about starting their own small business, you know, like having those actual steps are so, so helpful.
2: Absolutely. I was very, very strategic and laser focused. I had to, I had like a lot of product to sell and I was determined never to go back to working for somebody ever again. I'm like, this has to work. It's good motivation. That's
1: not wanting a boss. I say that every day. Like, that's what motivates me. Like, not money, not anything. I just do not want to have a boss again. (laughs) All right. Let's take another quick
0: ad break to talk about HelloFresh. So HelloFresh delivers fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes right to your door so you can skip the grocery store and make home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. That's why they're America's number one meal kit. So I found myself doing HelloFresh more frequently since the start of the year. Honestly, I just feel like I'm out of recipe ideas and I'm sick of most of my standbys. And plus, I have so many projects going that I don't have the mental bandwidth to meal plan. So I love that HelloFresh does that heavy lifting for me. So every week they have 23 plus recipes that feature a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients so I don't get bored. So I usually try to mix it up and do one recipe that I know that I like, like the Buffalo Spiced Crispy Chicken Breasts that I talked about last time. Those were so good. Please keep your eye out for them if you ever see them on the menu. And then I also like to try a couple of new recipes that I haven't tried yet. This week I did the Hot Honey Brussels and Ricotta Flatbread. And yum, it tasted like takeout, but it wasn't. And it was something new and different than I would usually make, and it was so, so good. And then I also love that they saved me the trip to the grocery store so that I can enjoy the good part of cooking, which for me is cooking and eating, but definitely not the meal planning and grocery shopping part. And most of the recipes come together in about 30 minutes. So if you're strapped for time, is quick and easy, and they all come with step-by-step photo instructions. So even if you're cooking something new, it's not intimidating. So if you're feeling like you're in a recipe rut, Give HelloFresh a try. Go to hellofresh.com slash 10BOP and use code 10BOP for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Again, go to hellofresh.com slash 10BOP and use code 10BOP for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Back to the episode. Can we talk a little bit more about burnout? I feel like um, being an entrepreneur is such a intense mentally and emotionally intense experience. And I know you said one of the reasons that you shelved Love Scrub in 2012 was because you were feeling really burnt out. I'm curious, how do you take care of your mental health as a founder? And like, what have you done this time to keep yourself from getting burnt out or keeping yourself from getting too burnt out maybe?
2: Yeah, I take a lot of breaks. Um, I remember in the beginning when I wasn't working um, from home, I took naps that was really important to me. It's really important also for me to um, take vacations. Um, So important to me. Um, I do that, like, I mean, recently I just did a staycation and that was really helpful. It really helped me like, you know, get my creativity back and not feel so burnt out. I take a lot of walks. Um, It helps me clear my mind because sometimes I just need to get out of my space to like, you know, it's so hard when you're like in your apartment, you know, at the office, like, I, I need different kind of environments. So it's really important for me to just like step out, get fresh air, and just clear my mind. That really, really helps me with um burnout. Um yeah. That helps me a lot. So
0: I feel like I've learned the power of walking during the pandemic. Like I I feel like walking has become so critical to my mental health in a way that it wasn't pre-pandemic but it's really it's it's like such a good coping skill to have learned that i'm like so much can be cured with a good walk
2: oh absolutely it's like i wish i could do more walks now but it's kind of cold um but walking is like so so important um it definitely has helped me a lot with burnout for sure
1: switching gears a little bit i want to talk about best of beauty because allure's The Little Red Seal, the Best of Beauty Award, is truly the gold standard in the industry. And I remember seeing it and being just so excited that you won. So I want to talk a little bit about that. First of all, I want to know where you were when you found out that you won and how it felt.
2: Yeah. So I remember I was um, working from home, and I remember I got the email. And I remember I was busy doing a ton of other different things. And I was like, oh, there's no way like what is going on so I remember I closed the email and I was just like let me just read this again tomorrow so I was like I read it again I was like wait a second this is like from Condé Nast. I'm like wow I couldn't even believe it like I still feel like I'm in a dream um such an honor I'm so excited like it's just been pretty amazing so um but yeah I like sometimes I'm just like wow is this really happening but um it happened yeah we are we won the award it's amazing so
1: it's so cool cuz i think it's it's something that is affordable and accessible to pretty much everybody and it lasts forever but it also makes such a difference in your skin
2: oh yeah like everyone that uses it they're like i feel my skin feels baby soft like i always get great feedback and i have to tell you like um the name i know the name kind of came out of nowhere like it was just like hey guys we need a name in a week but Every time, like, I hear a lot, like, I love my Love Scrub, and it just works out, like, perfectly. So, um, yeah, I'm just, like, I'm very thankful for everything, and the award's just been amazing, so. That's incredible.
0: Well, I'm curious. I want to hear you brag a little bit. Are, have there been any other big career highs or wins in the second coming of Love Scrub?
2: Oh, for the second coming of Love Scrub. I mean, you talking about the second time I redid yeah. it? Um, yeah. I, mean, I feel like you know, it's. I feel like a lot of times we focus
0: on what's wrong within our own businesses as a, as opposed to celebrating the wins. So I just want to hear what some of, some of your wins have been.
2: I mean, definitely the Lore Best of Beauty Award has been pretty major. Um, I have to say like business has been really strong. I'm very proud of like, you know, it's funny, I still have my um, first numbers that I launched that I had when I first launched back in 2011. and I just smile and I'm just like, wow, we have come a long way. Um, business has just been really strong. I'm super proud of that. Um, trying to think what else. I mean, like, I feel like everything's just been such a blessing. And I just feel so thankful for all the love and support. Um, everybody believing in not just the brand, but believing in me, um, giving it a chance and, you know, really testing or just trying out this West African um, beauty ritual. Like, I feel like this is a big win for Africa. We have so many amazing products that um, we use back home that I feel like nobody really knows about. And this has just been like a a beauty secret forever. And I just feel really proud um, to share it with everyone. And it's just been so nice to hear people like tossing their loofahs and like, you know, bringing this into their everyday routines. It just, it really um, means a lot. So I feel really excited and proud. So that's what I'm gonna brag about.
1: what would you what would you say is next do you have anything any else anything coming down the
2: pipeline you wanna share yeah well I mean um what is coming next we uh, I do look to um expand the brand um as far as like different categories um you know things that would complement the product, so I can't really say too much yet it's things are still like being like um you know we're just having like ideas that we're writing down but Um, I think product to complement the Love Scrub would be the right way to go. I mean, obviously like, um, you know, I love coming up with new colors. That's like my favorite thing is to come up with new colors. Um, so we'll always just see like new colors coming up. But, um, for the most part, um, I do look to bring in more categories. So stay tuned. Can't wait to see what's next. Um,
0: But I want to loop back to what you were just saying about other West African beauty secrets. So. I'm curious, like besides your love scrub, what are some of your other favorite beauty rituals that are lesser known?
2: Yeah, well, um, you know, one of the things that are um, great that we use back home is a shea butter. Um, amazing for the skin. Also, um, cocoa butter is amazing for the skin as well. That's something that I do use in my routine pretty much like every single day. Um, I love black soap. Um so, so great for the skin, help clearing the skin. Um, you know, that is, uh, another West African, um, beauty secret. I feel like it's not so much a secret anymore, but, um, that's something that I do incorporate like pretty much every single day, um, into my routine. I'm trying to think what else. Um, do you have a
1: favorite brand for, for
2: those things? You know what? It's funny. I don't actually, usually my parents bring everything back. Um, for me and there's like it's literally there's no branding cuz I was thinking I'm like wow I wish I could share certain brands but like yeah there's usually there's no branding yeah I don't have any particular but if you go into like any like african store you can find um you know the black soap the shea butter all that um and it's authentic from back home and it's there it's all pretty amazing so that's pretty much like what i use daily
1: yeah so Becca's gonna laugh at this question because she makes fun of me in my shower. Like if you come over, you're gonna, you'd be like, Grace, what's wrong with you? You have way too much stuff in there. Um, I love shower gel. Like I have, I think I have like six different types of body wash in my shower right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm curious if you have a favorite, um, a favorite. I know you said the the African black soap, but do you have a favorite liquid body wash? This is so specific and weird.
2: Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I'm actually a soap girl. Really? I love soap. And actually a couple of years ago, um, as a hobby, I started to learn how to make soap. Um, I don't know what it is about soap. I feel like it just like the lather is just so much lather and I feel like it really cleans your body. Um, so I've always been a big lover of like soap. So I do use black soap. I love olive oil soap. I love coconut oil soap, cocoa butter, um, soap, um, carrot oil soap. I'm a big soap person. Shower gels. It's hard. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. It's hard with the shower gel. I'm more of a soap person. I have to say.
1: Wait, so I have a follow-up to that. So in that case, you <laughs> lather your body with the soap and then you use the love scrub. How do you pair the two? Because I dump like a ton of body wash into my love scrub and then lather up all over. So I need to know about your process, your, your body cleansing process.
2: Yeah, actually, all you do, all you need, I have, I always have one next to me. All you do, have to do is just put a little bit of um, soap or shower. Well, with the shower gel, you just put a little bit, um, maybe like less than a teaspoon I
1: probably use too
2: much. It's fine. Yeah, you don't need a (laughs) much. You don't. You don't need a much. And then, uh, sorry, you don't need much. Um, you just water it up. Um, lather it up. It lathers like a dream. Um, that's what Buzzfeed said. Um, it does lather like a dream, and you just like lather up, and then you just scrub your body. Uh, open up, scrub your back with ease. Don't ask anyone to help you, which is great. You don't have to buy any additional tools, which is awesome. And then you just rinse it and let it hang dry. But, yeah, I think you're using too much.
1: (laughs) No, I
0: just mean with the soap. That's Grace's MO. She just, like, (laughs) really goes hard on beauty products. No.
1: I just meant with the soap, do you lather Uh, yourself uh, up first?
2: Yeah, so with the soap, same. I just um, take the soap, and I just, like, um, I wet it, and then I just, like, uh, rub it into the scrub, and then it just lathers. And then, um, you know, same thing with the shower gel. So And it lasts a lot longer than the shower gel, I think. So, aside from your love
0: scrub, what would you say your other top three desert island beauty essentials would be?
2: Okay, I love this question. Okay, so what I would do is have to have um, sunscreen. Okay, makes sense. That's a practical one, yeah. Yeah, have to have sunscreen. I'm a big balm person, I love balms. What kind of balm? Um, it's called Nucifera. Oh, I
1: love Nucifera. Yeah, it's got that Palo Santo in it. It's so yeah. nice. Yes,
2: yes, I love that. Um,
0: what is it for? Is it for like lip balm or like like for your skin? Yeah, it's for the skin
2: and it's for the hair. Um, oh, okay. as well. So I would bring the balm because I could use it on my skin and my hair. So it's like a yeah, twofer. it's multi-purpose. Um, and then also would have to bring a turban for my hair. Okay my hair would get a little crazy so i would have to um wear a turban but yeah those are those three things okay i love it yeah
1: caroline thank you so much for coming on like i'm it's so i've been like a little nervous the whole time like it's so exciting to meet you like i'm oh. such big fans of the product but in true bad on paper custom you've earned your own desperation minute so what we call desperation minute is basically like you get a minute to just tell the people what they can do for you it was, where they should follow you on social media, if they should maybe buy something, etc.
2: Yeah. So um definitely, definitely come onto the website, um, www.thelovescrub.com Check us out. Um, we have a lot of information on there about um the product, the origin, how to use it. Um, we have testimonials, you know, uh, we have a video on how to use it. Check us out and, you know, give us a try. Like toss the loofah. The loofahs, they're I mean, they're just gross. Just toss the loofah and give Love Scrub a try. And I can guarantee that you're going to love it. Um, You know, in regards to finding me, I'm pretty much, uh, don't have a personal um, account. But uh, I do, you know, you can find us on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, under Love Scrub, um, L-U-V. We, I just think it's a cooler way to spell it. So um, find us, um, just Love Scrub on um social media and yeah. Amazing. Go do those things. Okay.
1: Let's get to some end matter. Let's. Um, what's your obsession this week? On Instagram? Yes. Um so mine is Emily Henry Wrights. Oh the author. The
0: author Emily Henry. Yeah. So I um I told you last week that I or a few weeks ago that I read People We Meet on Vacation, which is her book that's coming out in May. And it was one of my favorite romances that I've read in a long time. It was so, so good, so delightful. So anyway, I went down this rabbit hole and, um, or no, I think I tagged her in a photo of me reading it, and then she followed me, so I followed her back. So anyway, I, I kind of got on this rabbit hole on her on her Instagram, and um, she has so many highlights with writing advice. Like, she talks oh. a lot about her writing process and about just like FAQ stuff. And I, I found them so useful. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So since I've been following her, she hasn't done one, but I'm very excited for her like future. I think she's on a book deadline right now, but I'm very excited to see her more Q and A's. Oh, I love that. Yeah. What about
1: you? Mine is a dog. I see this. Do you know this dog? No,
0: but I uh, actually think I might.
1: I'd follow a lot of cats and like rabbits and hedgehogs on Instagram, but I'm not really a dog person, which I feel like is, like, such a sacrilege to say. I like dogs. I just don't think they're as exciting as cats. This dog, my friend was like, you have to follow this dog. It's called Samson the Doodle. And it has, like, a million followers. No, it's called
0: Samson the Dude. Dude, D-O-O-D.
1: D-O-O-D. Okay. This dog is really cute. And, like, they put it with, like, layered with other dogs and also with a baby. And I really like this dog. Like, I really like anything that shows, like, multiple of the same pet together. Like, there's this... Oh, there have to be multiples. Yeah, there's this cat account called Persian Love, and it has, like, five Persian cats. And they're always, like, grouped together, like, sitting in a row. And I really just like this dog. I was going to suggest
0: one of my favorite Instagram dogs to you. That you might like, but it's only one and it
1: doesn't have any friends. This is a cute dog. It um, My friend was like, you need to follow. Yeah, it has a million followers. So I feel like it's not um, that exciting. But my favorite picture that it had was it was laying in bed with like five other dogs just like it. Um, but there was also a stuffed animal and there was a baby. Because at first I was like, which, which one is real? It's so cute. Or there's like one of the baby dressed up as a dog and two dogs um, at the window. It's just, it's great
0: i'm so happy that you're getting into dogstagram
1: yeah this is really i mean it's one of the only ones i like look at this one see oh that is cute yeah there's like this baby is laying in bed drinking a hot chocolate and there's i assume it's hot chocolate and there's three pups and the pup is also drinking the hot chocolate and the baby's like callously shoveling whipped cream into its face it's great i love this yes
0: um, can you ask me about my real obsession? Because I have never been so fucking excited to share something before.
1: <laughs> what is your real obsession? Thank
0: you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just making this all about me. So I bought this giant wall calendar that I am so excited about. It hasn't come yet, but it's going to come this week. So probably by the time this goes live, it'll be I'll, – I'll post it on Instagram. Okay, so here, here's what it looks like.
1: Ooh, that's pretty.
0: It's from this Etsy – shop called plan the things co all one word and so it's this giant wall calendar that's 30 inches by 40 inches and I got the horizontal one so it has all the months so I've talked about that I have three big projects going and I feel like I I know on the micro level what I'm supposed to be doing but I don't really have a good sense of like how they overlap and I I just want to visualize it really big so I'm so excited for this to come
1: I love that. Where are you going to put it? In my office. OK. I'm going
0: to I'm gonna mount it to foam core. And then I'm going to put Command um, Velcro strips on it. And I'm going to hang it in my office. And I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, my god, Grace. This is like my dream come true. It's a rainbow calendar that, oh, I'm so excited. Organization.
1: I'm so excited for you. You're such a little Virgo. Oh,
0: my god, I am. I didn't even find this. Rachel found it. She bought one. She bought the vertical one. And I was like, I need this. So I'm so excited for my new calendar. Great. I'm sure I'll be sharing it a lot on Instagram.
1: Oh, I can't wait for you. I'm excited for you. OK. Now, I'll, <laughs> thank you for letting me share that because it's just been bubbling up the whole episode. It's beautiful. I'm so thrilled for you. Thank you. What about you? What are you obsessed with? So I actually brought mine because speaking of you being a Virgo, it's called the birthdate book. And you know the the birthdate candle company that you are? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We'll put this in the show notes, but... Becca had got me a birth, birth date candle a while back for my birthday. And the candle was great, but this is – they also sell a book. So you, oh, it's the same company. Yes. Yeah, so you plug in your birthday, your the time you were born, the year – like all of the details, and it tells you – But this is so custom. It has your name written on mm-hmm. it and your birthday. You get this custom book, which – so I think this would be like the best gift to give someone. Um, So it tells you like all of your stuff. So I'm – I already knew that I'm a sun Libra and a moon and rising Virgo. Um, But my Mercury sign is Libra. My Venus is Scorpio and my Mars is Leo. I'm still learning what all these different things mean. I already knew about moon and rising. But I'm really enjoying like learning all about the different facets of my personality because it's pretty spot on. And I just think that if you have a friend who's into astrology, this is such a beautiful like customized gift that you can give to them. I'm like holding this up to Becca like it's a sponsored Instagram or something it's not sponsored it's just a really cool thing
0: this is really cool
1: yeah I like
0: it's I, beautiful it's like the design of it is really really nice inside too this is
1: such a good gift I think it would be like the perfect gift I have another one too um there's a company called I don't know even know how to pronounce it but it's spelled N-E-O-M and when I was in the staycation the Nordstrom put this candle in our room and then I got to take it home afterwards
0: not to um derail your obsession which I'm I am excited to hear about but do you know that you share a birthday with Lil Wayne Avril Lavigne Gwyneth Paltrow and then two people I haven't heard of
1: I can't believe they left Meatloaf meatloaf off the list.
0: Meatloaf's not on there.
1: Meatloaf, the singer. He's it, he's also September twenty seventh.
0: It does have all your famous Libras as well, but
1: yeah. I mean, who cares? There's a million people that share the same sign. Yeah,
0: but only yeah. Lil
1: Wayne Me and, and it, Avril Lavigne and Gwyneth Paltrow share. Your what birthday. a like. What a like a funny group. What of a birthday people. party! You I would know. Have. I know. Um. So, anyways. I want to get back to this candle because it smells incredible. It smells like lavender and it just like makes your bedroom smell like a spa. So they gave us the candle to take home. I now have it next to my bed and I for, kind of forgot about it and I like woke up and I was like, my sheets smell so good. What is this? And I realized it, was, it wasn't the sheets. It was just the candle next to me. Oh, I, that's so nice. Yeah. I don't like to light candles next to my bed. I'm always paranoid I'm going to set myself on fire, but um, I keep it next to my bed.
0: That's so nice.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. What about books?
0: I only have two. So I, um, I had been reading Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott, um, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about big magic. And I said that I thought it would be, it was seemingly similar. And I totally stand by that. I do think it is. It's specifically about writing versus other forms of creativity. And, um, it's kind of just her thoughts on, life as a writer and more like the mental and emotional parts about getting yourself to write and procrastination and like those types of tips but it's just written in this way like uh, i think it says on one of the blurbs on the cover like it's like folksy wisdom and it just feels like some nice lady who's like giving you tips and is like you can do this and there's a lot of stories from her life and i just i loved this
1: oh I that's loved amazing
0: this so if you're interested in it's not really a writing craft book like it's not like here's how to structure a sentence it's more it's more like here's how to here's how to deal with professional jealousy or here's how to get yourself to write when you have writer's block or things like that. Cool. But I really enjoyed it. Um and then I finished The Most Fun We Ever Had by Claire Lombardo, which I was reading last week. And where I netted out on this book was that I really enjoyed it. Um, I was really into the story. It's a, it's a messy family book about these four sisters who are all adults. And it also flashes back and forth between them as adults, but then their parents love story and going through them growing up. And, um, it was really fantastic. There were like so many interwoven stories. However, I did not, I I am not very snobby when it comes to writing styles. Usually snobby is not the right word because this was, it felt like MFAE writing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it was, it it was well-written, but it was overwritten. And the book was like 530 pages. And when I finished it, I was like, this could have been a lot shorter. Yeah. So it's not to say that I didn't enjoy it, or I wouldn't recommend it, but there was something about the writing style where I was just like,
1: oh man. It's been recommended to me a few times, and I think it's a A hard pass for me.
0: Well I I'm not I do think it would be really interesting for you because of the sister
1: dynamic. Yeah. Because you have sisters. But there's a million books about sisters.
0: That's true. So it was I don't regret it but I don't I'm glad to be on to something new. Yeah. Do you know what I started last night? What? I started The X Talk by Rachel Lynn
1: Solomon which I've heard great things about. Oh that's funny because I put that in my not gonna read pile. Oh, so you're going to have to let me know if it's good, and I'll, I'll I'll hang on to it. I've seen a
0: lot of people that I trust on online say how much they like it.
1: Oh, OK. And
0: that it's like, it's a romance that is set at a public radio station.
1: And I think I'm scarred from Listen to Your Heart.
0: Well, fair. Um, but apparently, it's a hate-to-love romance set at a public radio station. And a, a lot of people are saying how wonderful it is. And oh. um, I only read one chapter. OK. And so I can't really.
1: I'm going to wait till you finish it before I pick it up.
0: Yeah, but don't throw it out yet.
1: it won't. Not throw it out. Put it on the street. I just was thinking I was going to give it to somebody. Oh. Yeah. What about you? Okay, I have a kind of long list. Not super long. Um, on the audiobook's front, I finished The Lynching by Lawrence Lemer, which I highly recommend. Um, I reviewed it in my reading list today on my blog, but um, this is about the 19, I think it was 1981 court case that brought down the Ku Klux Klan. Um, it's it's actually two court cases. It's First of all, the trial of the men who killed a black man like just randomly like in a horrible race-based killing and then it's about a court case taking down the Klan because the Klan kind of had encouraged this killing. So there was two court cases and I found it absolutely fascinating. Um, It was a good one to listen to on audiobook because sometimes like with more dry history books like I'll just like I mean I'm just going to be honest I fall asleep. (laughs) Not because it's boring it's just like history books, I don't know. They they put me to sleep sometimes.
0: I find that I can I do much better with nonfiction as audio versus nonfiction as hard copy.
1: Me too. So the other, also nonfiction, I'm only a couple hours into it. Is um we talked about it last time. Is Untamed by Glennon Doyle, who I see in the in the outline. You have listed her as your bestie, Glenn Yeah, we're pretty close. Like we're pretty good friends now.
0: Are you gonna get necklaces or yeah?
1: I think so. Okay. So then I read, I think, three fiction books this week. I finished, I started and finished All Girls by Emily Layden, which is, it's been compared to My Dark Vanessa Meets the Girls by Emma Klein. And um, honestly, I was only medium on this book. I think the author is a great writer. I, I hate to like give it a bad review. I just, I found it dry and I wasn't interested in the subject matter. I think I've read so many books about girls in boarding schools and also so many books about sexual harassment and like misconduct in that regard and I kind of was just like it wasn't um scintillating it was just it was it was long and it was beautifully written like I would absolutely read another book by this author if she picked something that I was more interested in um I feel like that sounds harsh and I because I don't want to take away from her writing like sometimes I'll like say I don't like a book but like I know I would never have the talent to write something as well as she did so I want to just put that out there then I read a book that's not out until July. Um, it's The Therapist by B.A. Paris. And we've talked about, like, reading too many advanced copies. And I try and, like, only read a couple every month. But this one, um, so B.A. Paris wrote Behind Closed Doors, which is one of my favorite twisty, murdery thrillers. Like, it's a good, like, read-it-in-a-day book. So this one is about a therapist. Well, it's really about this couple that moves to this little gated community in outside London and then... Um, the woman finds out that there was a horrible murder committed in her house in the bedroom and then she finds out that her husband knew about it and then it just turns into like a um whodunit because the husband of the woman who was murdered was accused and he then killed himself but um we don't know like if he actually did it or what and um it's like a wild goose chase and um it, there's definitely a lot of holes like I was thinking about you and Lupin and like there's <laughs> definitely holes but that didn't prevent me from reading it in 24 hours and like being like this was fun like sometimes like I feel bad that I enjoyed the therapist more than all girls but I did so that just is Don't what apologize it is
0: for what you like
1: and then last night I started and I'm still not sure if I'm going to keep reading it What's wrong?
0: I DNF'd this one.
1: Okay, so it's funny cause I started The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner, and I think I'm about 70 pages in. Um, so this is historical fiction. It's not your kind of book at all. Um, it goes back and forth between modern day and um an apothecary like in the early or the late 18th century, and I am not sure. I can't. The writing like. So I, in principle, this could be like a Fiona Davis or Beatrice Williams book. And I, I'm just not sure about it. I only made it a chapter. And <laughs> I was like, it's not for me. <laughs> You're like, I'm out. Well, that's how I felt about the X talk. But so I'm going to keep it on the, uh, I read like five pages of it. <laughs> oh. So I'm going to keep that on my shelf. But um, I mean, you and I just also have oftentimes quite different taste in books
0: right no I thought it was interesting because it had a very feminist angle to it and I thought it was it sounded like an interesting story that kind of gave me a discovery of witches vibes and then I like just based on the cover the yeah. back cover copy and then
1: yeah I can't tell if I like it yet and I think I'm probably gonna keep reading it because once you get to like 70 100 pages you might as well keep going but I have so many books that are like burning a hole in my pocket that I want to read so I'm being really judicious
0: I hear you. But if you need a book recommendation that you're gonna love, um, I'm here to tell you about our February Bat on Paper book club pick, which is If I Had Your Face by Francis Cha. And so this book follows four different women who are all in their 20s and 30s who live in the same apartment building in contemporary Seoul. It deals with classism, it deals with there's a plotline around sex work, there's a lot about plastic surgery. It was it was actually I think the first book I've ever read that's set in in South Korea. Is that true? I think so. Um I was Fascinated by this book. Yes,
1: it was so interesting. Like, and we also I guess I can we can just tell people we're having the author on too to like find out like how much was true and everything else. I can't wait. Because you know, if
0: like somebody watched Sex in the City and was like, that's exactly what living in New York was like, I would be so annoyed. Yeah. So I want to know how much it is dramatized versus how much is like, no, this is legit how it is.
1: Yeah. I can't wait.
0: I can't wait either.
1: I got a lot of DMs being like No, the book is like actually really realistic I can't wait to talk more about it then I know I'm really excited I think you guys will really enjoy this book I think it's just like a kind of wild ride but it's also really well written and I thought that the character development of each of the four girls was really good like I I felt like they were my friends I
0: agree so pick that up. We'll we'll talk about it the last Wednesday of February. In the meantime, join our Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper on Facebook and chat with us about books. Follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And my other podcast, RomCom Pods, is a fiction podcast with two seasons out. And I would love for you to listen.
1: And I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood. And then I also have a blog, thestripe.com. And I post there Monday through Saturday.